With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Want to leave a voicemail? You can call the vent line and raise hell. That number is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You know, normal people really didn't need a lot more evidence that uh, General Michael Flynn was framed up by James Comey and McCabe and struck. It was pretty obvious uh, what went on there. Uh, under the direction of Sally Yates, who was a deputy attorney general at the time, the Obama administration decided they were, they were going to take out Michael Flynn because he had, uh, he had criticized uh, the intelligence agencies and, uh, and the Obama administration for not uh, making a legitimate effort to try to eradicate ISIS. And he made them look bad. Uh, you remember that Obama famously said that eradicating ISIS was going to be a generational project. Donald Trump got it done in six months, and all he did was uh, give the generals the order, and uh, and that was taken care of. But uh, they knew that General Michael Flynn uh, had intended to uh, uncover a lot of the wrongdoing that went on in the Obama administration and the uh, intelligence agencies. Michael Flynn, you know, had been head of the Defense Intelligence Agency when he was fired because he uh, he questioned the passive way in which the Obama administration had gone after ISIS. But of course, last night, finally, at the uh, at the determined representation of of um, Sidney Powell, the FBI finally disgorged these documents that uh, that included handwritten notes. From some mysterious figure, the name is redacted in the FBI. Many people believe that it was uh, Michael Precept that uh, indicated that, in fact, it was a frame-up all along. And you gotta, you got to wonder at the, um, the chutzpah of these people to actually document their uh, frame job. This handwritten note that is the most damning evidence says, uh, What is our goal? question mark truth slash admission or to get him to lie so that we can prosecute him or get him fired. Well, it's not the FBI's job to get anybody fired. Why would they be trying to 
get him to lie in order to get him fired or to prosecute him. And this was a, a back and forth, uh, probably between Sally Yates and Andrew McCabe and uh, probably included Lisa Page as well. At one point, uh, uh, the writer of the memo was, uh, was arguing that, uh, they ought to, you know, show their cards to Michael Flynn so that he would have all the information he needed to respond. He said in this note, we regularly show subjects evidence with the goal of getting them to admit their wrongdoing. I don't see how getting someone to admit their wrongdoing is going easy on him. If we get him to admit breaking the Logan Act, the Logan Act, what a joke. A 1799 law that has never been successfully prosecuted, uh, never had to stand up to appeal where its constitutionality would most certainly be overturned. The memo goes on says, if he initially lies, then we present him. And then there's the name redacted. They're trying to still protect all of these swamp creatures. He admits it. DOJ led them to decide how to address it. And of course, after that, uh, that set up interview that uh, Comey orchestrated, the two FBI agents responded, said that they, uh, they saw no uh, evidence of lies or deceptions on Flynn, Flynn's part, but that didn't stop Robert Mueller from filing charges against Flynn and threatening him that if he did not plead guilty so that they could remove him and, and get him out of the way that they'd go after his son. Now they showed up with this, uh, this, uh, this ambush knowing that, uh, the, the objective was not to, to interview Flynn, but to think, make him think he wasn't being interviewed, that he was just, having a conversation with FBI agents that were assigned a counterintelligence job. They never warned him that uh, lying to federal agents is a crime as is required by 18 USC 1001. They never told him that he was, had a right to speak with an attorney. And this just all fits in with a pattern uh, that the that the Obama uh, law enforcement intelligence agencies were trying to uh, one prevent the uh, Donald Trump from being elected, and then two cripple his administration after he was elected. Most certainly, the persons that were responsible uh, for this travesty of justice that has ruined the life of a thirty year combat veteran general in the U.S. Army that had served his country faithfully. For 30 years, uh, they should be prosecuted. They should, they should have charges filed against them. They should lose their law license. They, if any of them are still left, they should most certainly be drummed out of the FBI. This Logan Act, what a joke. It has never been successfully prosecuted. It's, it's almost certainly illegal. Sally Yates, this is the only little thread that Sally Yates could try to cling on to, to target Flynn on behalf of Obama. And the, uh, the Logan act says that uh, private citizens are not allowed to engage in diplomacy or communications with other governments. Well, Flynn wasn't a private citizen. Flynn was the incoming national security advisor. As a matter of fact, when they conducted this interview, he was the national security advisor. 
if anybody ever in the history of our country could be charged with Logan Act violations, it would be John Kerry, who is, in fact, advising the mullahs in Iran how to circumvent these sanctions that that are being put on them to try to get them to relinquish their nuclear ambitions. And, you know, the Democrats have a a history of this. Uh, Ted Kennedy, back in the 1984 uh, campaign when he was running against Ronald Reagan, he uh, he, uh, made a secret appeal to the Russian KGB to try to hurt Reagan and prevent his reelection. That was during the Cold War. Now, the Cold War wasn't a declared war, but uh, certainly if you could make any argument for treason, giving aid and comfort to the enemy in time of war, it certainly could be made against Ted Kennedy. Michael Flynn had planned and announced that he was going to conduct an audit of the intel agencies and uh, expose all of the wrongdoing that, uh, you know, where Obama had uh, deployed the FBI and the CIA and the, the spying by the NSA against his political opponents, and they were desperate to knock him out of there. And if if they had not knocked him out of there, he almost, almost certainly would have discovered and uh, and e- exposed this evidence of the uh, the scheme, the Russiagate hoax. And they put uh, Michael Flynn in a vice, and they've destroyed his life. He did the honorable thing by pleading guilty because they were threatening to go after his son. And when the federal government goes after you, they have a 96% conviction rate because they have unlimited resources. They've got an unlimited budget. They can go after you until you can't fight them anymore. They will destroy your life. Michael Flynn was well aware of this and he did not want his son to have his life destroyed. And Andrew Weissman uh, took these charges on behalf of uh, the doddering old Robert Mueller, dusted them off, and uh, and destroyed a good man. Andrew Weissman is probably one of the most despicable figures in, uh, in modern American history. But Sidney Powell, (laughs) a brilliant Southern lady, came in and busted it all down. I said on Twitter the other day that if uh, if they ever come after me, my first phone call, or I guess my only phone call, who was it? I think it was uh, Handy J that said I was uh, delusional if I thought I'd ever get that phone call. Uh, but that's going to be my first cause. Uh, call Sidney Powell. Get get Sidney Powell in here. I need help. Here is uh, here is Sidney Powell appearing last night on Hannity's show, talking about the this document dump. The documents I've seen so far, in addition to the ones you have in your hands now, are even more stunning. It's just absolutely appalling what these agents and then the special counsel operation did to General Flynn. It's abuse of their authority at every turn. 
I can't thank Attorney General Barr and Mr. Jensen and Mr. Durham enough for having the integrity and fortitude to get to the bottom of this because that's what it takes. These documents weren't easily discovered. The emails have been in the FBI the whole time, but the handwritten notes, as I understand it, may not have been. We still don't know exactly who the author of those is, but they're devastating evidence of the lengths they were willing to go to to disregard all prior protocols, all prior rules, their standard practice in other cases to warn of a 1001 violation, all of that. None of that applied to General Flynn. They had only special violations of every protocol known for him because they were determined to take him out. What's our goal? The the newly discovered document says truth slash admission to get him to admit that he did something wrong or to get him to lie. So we can prosecute him and get him fired. What the hell is the FBI doing trying to get a member of an incoming administration fired? You know, uh, Judge O'Sullivan uh, is hearing this case. He has uh, he has made out 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 outrageous statements against Michael Flynn before, basically accusing him of treason. You would think a sitting federal judge would know the definition of treason. Treason is giving aid and comfort to the enemy in time of war. But he did that right there in his open courtroom. And you're just wondering how, how much does this federal judge want to allow himself to be made an utter fool of? He told the federal government over a year ago to produce these exculpatory documents, these documents that go toward the innocent of the defend, innocence of the defendant, and it has taken uh, a, a an associate U.S. attorney from Missouri to come into the swamp and uncover these documents and disgorge them. Finally, I've got a clip here. Um, this is Robert Barnes. He is a uh, a crusading lawyer from Cleveland, Tennessee, a little hard scrabble town just south of Chattanooga, hard up against the uh, Lookout Mountain. And he's uh, talking about why they targeted, well, he's talking about why they targeted Flynn. I'm going to play that for you when we get back. First, I want to remind you to run over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com, and that'll take you to My Patriot Supply. Go ahead and get your uh, your order in and save $100 today on a four-week emergency food supply, normally $297. You can get it today for $197 and get free same-day shipping. It's got 12 food varieties with a 25-year shelf life, 284 total servings of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Give you 2,000 calories a day so that the next time they want to shut this government down, you'll be prepared and you'll be prepared for any food shortages that are looming on the horizon. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. $197, you get a four-week emergency food supply, and you'll save $100. There's a limit on three per household. The two-week emergency supply is already sold out, so do it today. Preparewithmojo50.com. So uh, this is Robert Barnes, a crusading attorney, um, who is uh, very uh, knowledgeable about going up against the federal government on why exactly they went after Michael Flynn. 
So we're going to discuss at the beginning of the show tonight both how they took him out and why they took him out. But first, as to the why. The why was that General Flynn was critical and essential to someone like President Trump, who was a complete political novice and outsider. President Trump's political instincts are unparalleled and arguably unprecedented in the modern era. But he is also not a creature of Washington. He's a creature of New York. He's a creature of real estate. He's a creature of television. He's a creature of public rallies. He's someone who had a deep, instinctive understanding of the American public and the American populace and of the mindset of the American people. But where he was limited, where he was constricted, where he was potentially vulnerable was his lack of understanding of institutional Washington, with whom, with whom and with which he had no meaningful familiarity, with the sort of deep state apparatus that has entrenched and effectively pulled down the democratic levers of government to their own control. Indeed, this sort of octopus-like entity uh, derived from a concept of the dual state that originated in the late 19th century by a publisher at The Economist. His point was that increasingly there was an administrative state within government that was completely impervious and immune to the democratic wishes of the people. And his way of explaining that was that it was a separate state. It was a state within a state. It was thus a dual state. This concept met new meaning when German refugees, intellectuals, and scholars tried to understand the rise of Nazism in Germany and the fat and fascism in Italy and throughout Europe, as well to a certain degree of communism throughout the rest of Eastern Europe and later Asia. And they understood it as the, one of the core problems that allowed that to happen was a dual state within their own governments that was immune and impervious to democratic impulse that could act without regard to what the public or populace wanted, often relying, in the case of Weimar Republic, on emergency powers to do so. Well, in that same dual state construct became later the deep state when people, mostly on the ideological left in the 1950s and 1960s, said, what happens when the dual state is inside the national security apparatus? What happens when the dual state is inside our intelligence branches? What happens when the dual state is when the, the highest ranking political decision makers of our military infrastructure, our law enforcement infrastructure? What happens then? And when the argument was, well, then they become truly a deep state. And that deep state has tentacles of power throughout the entire process, manipulating uh, politicians. Uh, thus, you have someone like J. Edgar Hoover, who can maintain constant power, even though nobody in elected office wants him to have that power because he's able to build extortion and blackmail files on politicians and the press and public figures and do COINTELPRO and other activities like that. Indeed, Mark Felt deep throat who overthrew Nixon was a, a longtime COINTELPRO Hoover operative. So that gives you a sense of who, they're so powerful they could take out a president of the United States and arguably try it again in the latest in uh, Russia Gate 2 and Ukraine Gate in the coup attempt with the impeachment. So in that context to understand the deep state apparatus and the deep state officers, there was one person in Trump's new administration who was a serious threat to the deep state. They did not see Trump as such a deep as such a deep threat. They had tried to take him out during the election. They were continuing to sort of attempt to blackmail him through uh, extortionate camp uh, investigations in Russiagate and in, in Mueller. But they considered their real adversary to be Trump's key advisor, national security advisor, General Flynn.
General Flynn was bringing together. General Flynn knew where all the white hats were in the intelligence infrastructure. General Flynn knew where all the white hats were in the law enforcement infrastructure. He knew where all the patriots were in uh, the CIA and the FBI. He was going to uh, to appoint them, and he was going to expose all the wrongdoing that went on. And so uh, the deep state had to fight back, and they brought in the most despicable lawyer in the in the Department of Justice, Andrew Weissman, in order to do it. Again, that was Robert Barnes. Boy, uh, I found that clip on uh, on social media. You can bet. By the end of the day, it'll be taken off of Facebook and Twitter because they're not going to allow that kind of truth to bleed through to the uh, to the sheeple. But one American News Network, you need to get a hold of Robert Barnes and give that man his own primetime show. Uh, he knows exactly what's going on, and he's got the stones to uh, to tell about it. So once again, uh, we've we've discovered that all of the worst fears that that we've been uh, talking about for three years now, that the Obama administration uh, weaponized the uh, the intelligence and law enforcement agencies at a political hit job against their opposing political opponent. It's true. It's been proven again and again. Uh, as of Last night, I haven't looked today, but as of last night, the Washington Post and the New York Times were turning a blind eye to this because in official Washington, you see, if it's not written up in the Washington Post or the New York Times and it doesn't make the front page, then they can just pretend it didn't happen. And that's why we've got to take people like Robert Barnes, who uh, who understands this stuff so deeply and is not afraid to speak out. And we got to we got to put him on One American News. Fox would never have them. Uh, they would. They don't allow that depth of of analysis to go on. We're going to talk later in the show about what happened to Trish Regan. But I just want to point out again before we leave this topic that once again, Devin Nunes, the the dairy farmer from the Inland Empire in California that that uh, did chair the House Intelligence Committee before the despicable liar and leaker Adam Schiff took over, has been vindicated once again. Everything declassified so that we can continue this investigation. Why is General Flynn important? Because on Friday night, uh, thankfully, Attorney General Barr has uh, appointed a U.S. attorney uh, out of Missouri to look into you know, wh- what was going on in some of these investigations. And now we don't know uh, what was submitted to the court on Friday evening, uh, we do know that now. This was uh, this interview was recorded before uh, the release last night, but I do want to give this opportunity for Devin Nunes to say, I told you so. But we believe that it's possibly uh, exculpatory evidence that the government had uh, on General Flynn. And, okay? man, and remember, in our report, the report, which which the House Republican report from 2018, it's the gold standard okay, of reports. If you look at all the other reports, whether it's you know the intelligence community assessment, uh, whether it's the Mueller uh, report, whether it's the, the Steele DNC dossier, those are all a joke, right? And the media, uh, you know, has been promoting these this Russia hoax for so long. And the reality, you have a the former head of the of the DIA, 
who has been strung up here for for year after year after year. Uh, And what was now likely, uh, we're going to find out, uh, he was framed. Imagine that, being framed uh, by our own government and by political uh, operatives who don't like you. And I think that's what we're going to find out. And that is exactly what we found out. Now, imagine that you caught uh, a low-level beat cop framing, uh, you know, anybody on his uh, on his beat. He would be fired. He would be prosecuted. He would be sent to jail to share cells with those people that he had framed in his uh, his career. And that's exactly what ought to happen now to Andrew Weissman. Andrew Weissman knew wh- what went on. That's what should happen to Peter Strzok, who helped coordinate this, Sally Yates, Lisa Page. All of them ought to be brought up on charges by John Durham and, uh, and, and put the same pressure on them that they put on Michael Flynn. The first one that flips gets the best deal, and the rest of them go down. Let them suffer the same medicine that they've been subjecting Americans to for so many years. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to look at the email and the, uh, the voicemails. Laz called in. Andy J's got something to say. Donna Renee. And then we'll get on to uh, the stock market rally based on this, uh, this remdesivir drug that... Uh, they're going to charge you $1,000 per dose for, so they got lots of money to do the studies on that. And we'll talk about whether Kim Jong-un is really dead right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, we're going to get to the emails and the voicemails and the Twitters and all of that. But uh, before I leave the topic of the framing of Michael Flynn, I do want to play one more clip from my hero, Sidney Powell. Uh, this was back before the document dump last night when she was uh, talking about why they were targeting Michael Flynn and uh, and how they went about it. 
you know, Sydney Powell has gone up against Andrew Weissman before. I think she's three and O now against this despicable dirty cop who most certainly ought to lose his law license and be subjected to the same criminal prosecution that he's um, put on other people. He destroyed during the Enron investigation, the accounting firm of Arthur Anderson cost 25,000 jobs and his, uh, his conviction was overturned at the Supreme court nine to nothing. There was no basis for it. They were, they were claiming that Arthur Anderson had a responsibility to, uh, to keep records before they were ever even subpoenaed. You know, <laughs> Hillary Clinton destroyed 33,000 emails that were under subpoena. She's, uh, she's on, um, TV talking about, uh, this president and restoring the rule of law. You can get away with uh, things like that when you've got, uh, high placed friends in the deep state that count on you to continue their symbiotic relationship of screwing the American people. But here's uh, here's Sidney Powell. This, uh, this was back, as I say, before the document dump last night. And she's, uh, she's talking about all of the injustices that took place around the prosecution of Michael Flynn. This clip goes on a little over two minutes. We have outlined an atrocious series of injustices that should offend everyone in the country. They literally made up the charges against General Flynn, and the case against him exemplifies everything that is wrong now with our criminal justice system. We have prosecutors in the Department of Justice and across the United States Attorney's offices that have determined they can weaponize our system of justice to prosecute people for political reasons. They are expert at making up crimes, and they have become more expert, along with FBI agents, with making up facts to go with those crimes. That's exactly what we've seen in the case against General Flynn. There really is no case. He was honest with the agents. We learned with material the government did give us that the agents said they thought his demeanor was sure. He was being perfectly forthright with them, although he didn't remember some things. And they left that interview with him on January 24th in the White House, by which they ambushed him, by the way. You know, Mr. McCabe told him, oh, you don't need you don't need counsel. Um, There's no reason for that, really, and led him to believe that it was an entirely different scenario. After I got in the case, we found out that they had even schemed and planned to interview him in such a way that he would not realize he was even being investigated. Because he was national security advisor, they didn't want to ruffle any feathers and leave with any sort of animosity coming from him that he was being investigated. So they were, they planned, they had a series of meetings at the highest levels of the FBI to decide how and when to interview him in such a way that he would not even realize he was the subject of the interview, much less being advised of his rights, which of course they didn't do because they didn't want to tip him off in the slightest way that they were investigating him because we have, you know, when you get depressed sometimes about what has happened to this Republic and you think, well, maybe, you know, all is lost. 
somebody like Sidney Powell comes along, a crusader for justice, and uh, improves you wrong, that uh, these principles that are enshrined in our Constitution are worth fighting for. And uh, we've got a rare chance with this president, God willing, he gets reelected to uh, to clean house over there. And uh, and I would say that they need to start with the current FBI director, uh, Robert Ray. I think it's Robert Ray, who is uh, continuing on in the in the tradition of of J. Edgar Hoover and Robert Mueller and James Comey to try to have this deep state that uh, that has the goods on the elected officials and uh, and can do what they want to do. You know, sometimes I, uh, I, I wonder if these same people don't have the goods on uh, su- Supreme Court justices and, uh, and senators and representatives. I'm convinced, by the way, that they've got something that they're using against the Senate Intelligence Committee chairman, Republican Richard Burr, as he uh, as he just turned his committee over to uh, to the despicable Democrat Mark Warner and allowed him to use the committee in order to continue this Russiagate hoax. So I got to, I got an email from my bud Tyler Bud, and uh, I think he was uh, he was talking about um, Nancy Pelosi claiming that uh, Donald Trump never really instituted a, a travel ban from China because he had allowed uh, about 40,000 American citizens and a few green card holders to return home. Tyler says, um, Nancy complaining about not shutting out Chinese nationals, tens of thousands entered, was her quote. Well, Trump announced on January 31st to begin two days later to do the travel ban which happened. If you go by the New York Times article that said uh, from the first world's knowledge of COVID-19, which was December 31st until the travel ban, there was about 430,000 travelers from China. That's 13.3,000 a day. So yes, probably 15 entered in that, uh, that two-day period. He also points out that Tech Roo is a, uh, that, uh, that he's a, uh, that he's not a she <laughs> apparently somewhere. I, I got several of those, uh, pointing out the tech Roo is a man, not a woman, not, I don't remember actually referring to, uh, him as a her, but I'm sure I did at some point. He keeps pointing out he does not have a pouch. So I don't know who to apologize, whether I should apologize to tech Roo or to all women for, uh, <laughs> for calling him a woman, but uh, a, a woman, but uh, I do apologize to anybody who was offended. I got this voicemail from my bu- my buddy Laz. Uh, he's talking about whether or not to have guests on the show that, uh, that controversy had erupted on the morning mojo, whether or not these guests were uh, adding anything. And uh, it came as a surprise to me because it takes a lot of work and effort to, uh, to book and prepare for a guest. And, and if, uh, if you guys would rather not hear guests, I can deal with that. Let's see what Laz has to say about it. Hey, Tim, sir. No, read, uh, the Jacko Lazarus on Twitter. Hey, um, just, uh, should be, uh, I have no problem with the guests on, on, uh, morning, 
the Daily Mojo or on your show either. I mean, helps kind of break up the monotony of just the banter. And I think it adds, it adds to the conversation. You know, they had Dean Coots on the other day. That was a great, great interview. So, anyway, I, I have no problem. I don't know what the heck it's been on shape over it is, for, you know, for what reason it is. So, anyway, take care. Have a good one. So Laz adds his vo- uh, vote to the pro guest side. I I only got a couple of emails that uh, said that uh, they didn't like listening to guests. Mostly they said that they were off topic and just there to sell a book. Donna Renee also uh, let me know that uh, that um, TechRoo is a man. And in response to what I had to say yesterday about the price of beef going up, uh, she says there have been so many false flags with a stupid virus, are we sure there is a shortage and not just price gouging? Well, I can guarantee you that uh, that um, profits enter into all of these decisions. So you really don't know. Uh, we're going to talk about in the a coming segment this half hour on this latest therapeutic for COVID, uh, res, resmembadir, something like that. And I can guarantee you that, uh, you know, the rate way or the reason that they're being touted now, uh, despite having no better track record than uh, hydroxychloroquine and the z packs is because the res resmembadir, resmembadir uh, costs a thousand dollars a dose, whereas the hydroxychloroquine costs about 10 cents per dose. So they were able to, to get the approval and conduct these studies that con- convinced Dr. Fauci, and so that's the road we're headed down now. <laughs> Handy J, uh, when I uh, when I said that uh, if if they come after me, I'm going to call use uh, my one phone call to call Sidney Powell. He says that's funny, you know, the part where you think you're going to get a phone call. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, I'm going to be raising hell for that phone call. And I'm going to have uh, Sydney Powell's number uh, saved. I might get it uh, tattooed on the bottom of my foot or something. So the stocks rallied big time yesterday. Had a, a we we're coming off the bottom uh, of this uh, this this uh, this market. We've now had the uh, the largest gains in history. You know, in in a, a certain period of time, I guess it's since this rally started off the bottom. We've had the uh, the biggest, I said the longest, I meant to say the biggest rally in history. We're still not up to the uh, the old highs, but I think we're, as of yesterday, up above 25,000. And uh, that is uh, that is some comfort. I don't know how long it's going to be able to hold up if uh, these Democrat governors continue to have these their states and their economies locked down. But the rally yesterday that uh, I think the Dow ended up about two and a half points up was was triggered by the discovery or the um, the prospect of Gilead Pharmaceuticals uh, study on this remdesivir, remdesivir. Uh, and Dr. Andy Fauci uh, was talking about it at the uh, at the meeting yesterday, and it's kind of hard to tell, you know, uh, here we go. What the big deal is, uh, it doesn't seem to be that earth-shaking, but here's uh, Fauci uh, crowing about remdesivir. I'm going to get that word down before it's all over with. Here we go. Although a 31% improvement 
doesn't seem like a knockout 100%. It is a very important proof of concept because what it is proven is that a drug can block this virus. And I'll give you an example in a moment of why we think looking forward, this is very optimistic. The mortality rate trended towards being better in the sense of less deaths in the remdesivir group. 8% versus 11% in the placebo group. It has 8% versus 11%? That's the that's the therapy that uh, Fauci is is crowing about. The studies that were conducted in France and uh, and on uh, test groups in New York with hydroxychloroquine showed better results than that. Now they weren't these sanctioned tests that uh, had to have FDA approval to move forward, but you know the ones in France. Uh, what was it, Didier Raoult? He conducted a, a major study. I'll play a clip of uh, him describing it. But it had a, a thousand uh, patients, and it had much better outcomes than uh, this remdesivir that uh, Fauci is bragging about. It's not yet reached statistical significance, but the data it has not yet reached statistical significance. But you got CNN and MSNBC just crowing about it after having uh, you know trashed any possibility that an established drug that's off patent could be helpful it needs to be further analyzed the reason why we're making the announcement now is something that i believe people don't fully appreciate whenever you have clear-cut evidence that a drug works you have an ethical obligation to immediately let the people who are in the placebo group know so that they could have access and all of the other trials that are taking place now have a new standard of well, why wasn't a trial conducted on hydroxychloroquine? I think I have a pretty good idea because they were determined to discredit hydroxychloroquine. One, because uh, Donald Trump had uh, expressed optimism toward it. And two, and probably most importantly, there's just not much money to be made there. There's huge money to be made on this remdesivir to the point where the market actually rallied yesterday, hoping Gilead would, uh, would pull them out of the hole. With this drug, this thousand dollar per drug, per dose drug. So here is a here is that clip I told you about. This is Didier Raoul. You got to listen closely because uh, English is his second language. For knowledge, uh, my, my work is to create knowledge. Uh, and then it was a surprise. The first thing that we've seen is that we can find what people have found before, that hypertension was a big problem. It was very significant when we look. But then we do some things that we call multivariate analysis. Multivariate analysis is uh, regarding... It. That clip didn't start where I thought it would. Let me see if I can find where he's talking about the effect, efficacy of the, uh, of the treatment. Are currently in the ICU. Yeah. And and, how- and now yeah. and now we have included more than twenty five hundred patients with this, and altogether for the moment we get ten deaths. So this is confining what what we have in general. So these are people that are showing severe symptoms. He's studied twenty five hundred. Uh, they had ten deaths out of that twenty five hundred. That's uh, that's about point zero two five percent right in line with the seasonal flu. 
And do you use antivirals when they first come to the hospital, when there's still evidence of virus? Yeah, the, as soon as we made a diagnosis, you know, this is, this is what has been shown for, for flu, for example. If you're treating patient very, very early, there is, a, there is an effect. It's not a very big effect, but there is an effect. But if you treat them when they are in critical care unit, there is no effect at all. It's well known for flu. You know, it's, we cannot invent medicine every day. I mean, you, you need to take, you know, analogy of what we know so far. So, uh, of course, we, this is why we. So this Didier, uh, Raul, he's, uh, he's no, you know, uh, conspiracy theorist. He's not a, a quack. He is one of the most respected immunologists in the world. Did a, a study on 2,500 people. It wasn't double-blind. It wasn't peer-reviewed, by the way. Neither was the uh, test on remen- <laughs> ah, remdesivir. But uh, out of the 2,500 of the people that showed significant or, uh, serious enough symptoms, only 10 died. Actually, that's 0.004%. That's, uh, that's less than the mortality rate from the common cold. And uh, this doctor in a uh, Jewish community north of New York City, uh, his name is Vladimir Zelenko. He saw this this uh, uh, work that uh, that the French doctor was doing, and uh, he applied it to his own patients. This guy's a little bit easier to understand. This treatment is oral; it's by mouth. It costs twenty dollars. It can be scaled nationally. It's readily available. These drugs are are safe, and I would even say safer than Motrin. When he's talking about uh, cost $20, he's talking about the uh, hydroxychloroquine combined with the uh, zethromycin and the, uh, the zinc. Um, I know all the negative press about the side effects. You talk to anyone in any intelligent way. You're talking about hydroxychloroquine, right? Yeah, in combination with azithromycin. There are now studies coming out saying that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work and uh, that it kills people. However, if you look very carefully at these studies... Um, they're all done on very sick patients in the hospital on ventilators. And those patients have a 50% or more of di- uh, a chance of dying. So you better believe these drugs don't work then. Yeah. I agree. Works in the early so, testing, not in the... That's right. What these studies have done is validate my, the need for my approach. In other words, don't wait until so the, 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 the entire house is burning. Don't wait until the patient is half dead. Rather, intervene in the early setting. And this is what's so nefarious, so dishonest, so murderous by what's being done uh, with, by the media, by coming to conclusions from these studies, is that it's a, it's a lie. Because those studies do not in any way comment on the uh, effect, effect or the, um, how well these drugs work in the early stages of the disease. That's the crime here. So let me ask you, why is the, the liberal media, in conjunction with what seems to be anti-Trump personalities, Hysteria. all coming out against hydroxychloroquine? I'll tell you why. Because it works. <laughs> well, it's not allowed to work. Trump says it works, so it's not allowed to work. And by the way, we can't uh, make so much money that you actually start a 
uh, uh, Dow Jones rally based on that. There's going to be huge amounts of money also to be made uh, if and when a virus is developed. And, uh, and the Chinese are well on their way to developing that virus and uh, applying for that patent. I think the, you know, I'm, I'm all for patents. I'm, I'm for people being um, rewarded for their research and their development. But if there was any case to declare a, a patent null and void, it would be against a Chinese patent on a disease that they created in a laboratory and, uh, and kept a secret from everybody else on the planet, telling them that uh, human-to-human transmission was impossible. You know, um, you have to wonder sometimes if uh, the Chinese would not purposely leash this on the world in order to destroy the economy. We know that uh, their economy was suffering because it's overextended and uh, the president was trying to realign our trade relationship with the communist dictatorship. And um, at the risk of, uh, you know, getting too wild eyed and conspiracy minded, would China do this on purpose? Would it develop a vaccine or a, a, um, a virus and unleash it on the world? Or if it, uh, if it did, escape that laboratory, would they make the conscious decision to, uh, to de- deceive the rest of the world by telling them it, uh, it wasn't transmissible human to human in order to have the results that we've seen in this country? I think I wouldn't put anything past communist China. And it's very telling now that you've got United States media outlets uh, coming to the defense of China and the World Health Organization that enabled China's deception. And you've got Bill Gates, who wants the whole world to be vaccinated, and that will most certainly have uh, negative effects in itself, defending China's response and condemning the United States' response. Bill Gates, the guy who whose uh, foundation developed these projections of 2.2 million people dead and had this economy shut down. Now he's springing to the defense. It's just one more way of reducing. (laughs) That's a, that's a preview of the clip coming up. This is a long clip and I better get started on it. This is George Carlin. It's X rated. So uh, if you got any kitties in the room, go ahead and tell them to leave now. This is George Carlin talking about germs and the immune system. It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want. As long as you put up with it. As long as you put up with it. Which means, of course, anytime they want. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing. Germs. 
Where did this sudden fear of germs come from in this country? Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths. In prisons, before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs, why these fucking pussies? You can't even get a decent hamburger anymore. They cook the shit out of everything now because everybody's afraid of food poisoning. Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? You know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year? 9,000, that's all. It's a minor risk. Take a fucking chance, bunch of goddamn pussies. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now, tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one, ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. So, so for the listeners who don't like uh, the, don't like the profanity on the show, I apologize. I'm going to have to scrub that for the uh, for the terrestrial broadcast. But um, you know that's uh, that's what we're talking about in this herd immunity. You know what else is a vaccine other than these uh, these patented drugs that they're going to make billions and billions of dollars off of and go into Bill Gates' foundations? Catching the disease, and this disease is perfect for the so-called herd immunity because we know who the people are that are at risk and who the people are not at risk. And once you have a certain number of people. They're saying about 60% that have developed uh, antibodies antibodies to this, then the virus has uh, no way to spread. And at that point, you can let the uh, vulnerable populations come back out into the sunlight. What we've done here is uh, is going to be studied for years and years as this, uh, this towering example of mass germ hysteria. 
Well, that takes us to the end of this show. I'm sorry I didn't get to that uh, Kim Jong-un report, but I'll get to it tomorrow, and we'll talk about what's going on over there at Fox News as well. And I hope you'll join us then. Right back here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>